Hello, everyone. So today we are in this podcast discussing with one of the very um, knowledgeable and experienced uh, investor. And I wanted to bring him on our uh, panel today to know the more insights of the real estate investing. So let's uh, hear from the one and only himself, Gord Lemon. Ah. Hi, Gioti. How are you today? I am good. How are you doing? Fantastic. Fantastic. Good to see you. And thank you so much for accepting the invitation to come on my podcast. It is my pleasure. Absolutely. So, God, tell us about yourself. Well, um, how far back do you want me to go? Um, uh, I started uh, as a musician in Toronto, uh, became a producer, became a studio musician, and, um, and kind of rose through the ranks in the Toronto scene. But realizing uh, being a musician, and even though you know, I started getting royalties and things like that, and, uh, and producing and writing for TV and all those kind of things, you know, at the end of the day, I'm thinking, geez, at, you know, when this ends, I'm not going to have a nice pension like some employed person, right? So I had to think, I was thinking down the line and thinking I need some supplemental income. Certainly I needed that when I was starting out because I was uh, not making a lot of money as a, a struggling musician when I first began. But um, just thinking down the road, I'm, I, I was um, I was thinking, you know, what supplemental income and ultimately what could I do for a pension? And I think a lot of real estate agents, like they don't have pension either. So it's a, uh, but uh, I'll, I'll bring, I'll bring that back full circle uh, uh, momentarily. So I was doing this house gig um, at one of the airport hotels back, I was about 24 or five, I think I was 25. And the drummer that was in the band, he was getting his financial planning license. Mm -hmm. And he had just moved to Mississauga. And so he said to me, he goes, you know what, you'd be really good at financial planning. And this was like the beginning of financial planners, you know, it was like really in the infancy stages of that. So, um, and but he was always kind of a numbers guy. And so he said to me, you know, you'd be really good at this. And I was like, yeah, I'm kind of really pursuing this music thing. And he, so a few days went by and he said, you know, they're building a bunch of, like I moved into a brand new area where there's a builder doing a number of phases out in Mississauga. And he says, why don't you buy a house? And then once it's built, then rent it out. And I thought, well, how much do I need? He said, you need $15,000. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that must, might've been, must, uh, you know, it felt like 150,000 at the time. It was like, oh my gosh. But somehow I went forward, I scraped this money together and I went out and I purchased a property and I'm just like going crazy. I'm not sleeping at night, but what I did know and what I sort of dialed into was that prices at that time were going up. So it was intriguing and exciting 
to know that, you know, every week or two that I looked at prices, you know, headlines were going, oh, prices are going up. And I'm like, okay, you go, appreciation. Um, and so long story short, I'm getting to the end of the, so the completion stage is fast approaching. And a couple months before that, I go to my dad, all right? And my dad and I, kind of like this, I'm here and he's here. So, um, so, uh, so I said, dad, this is what I'm doing. Can you co-sign for a mortgage for me? Because certainly I was a long haired musician uh, with no financial track record. So I certainly couldn't get a mortgage. And he said, uh, no, I don't think I will. So I'm like, cause I was kind of relying on that. So I had to think, well, what can I do now? I was freaking out. And so talked to my buddy and he said, well, get a realtor and figure out something with a realtor. So got a realtor and they said, don't worry, we will um, just sell the property the day that you have to close with the builder. I'm like, well, sounds like a good plan. Please make it happen. <laughs> so, uh, so long story short, it did happen. And I walked away with about $42,000 after the double close on that day happened, wow. which was literally twice as much as what I was making at the time as a musician per year, right? So this was a windfall. So I did this a couple more times and then, uh, and I'm gonna date myself badly here. So 1989 in Toronto happened. I'm holding two properties because I'm now a mega rock star real estate investor. Yeah. Um, and so I've got two properties. The builder is in the final phase of his building, but now prices are going down. And if you want to Google 1989 real estate crash in Toronto, right. you will see that it was, we were in a bubble. Um, I was, you know, profiting from that bubble, but this crash happened because the uh, masonry workers and carpenters went on strike. And so, boom, it wasn't just a correction in the market. It was a, a, it was a major correction that went down until 1996. So, but what happened to me was I had to fire sale these properties when my closing date came for less than what I actually owed the builder. So I ended up losing money on those two deals. And so I walked away with my tail between my legs going, wow, that I, I hate real estate. I will never do real estate again. So um, a year or so went by and I, I realized I had the bug, the real estate bug. I realized that there is power in real estate, and but the market and leaving your success or failure, uh, what happened to me, to the market is not the way to go. I realized I wasn't that real estate investing rock star at all, but I was a speculator. And because did I have any control over my uh, over the outcome? No, I did not have any control and I realized that. So 
I went and I found some real estate investing program that I took, and it was totally US-based. It was a US company that came to town. Uh, they were using some Canadian people as their trainers and stuff. But so anyway, so I took this training and I went and uh, they took us on a bus ride to Hamilton and Hamilton at the time and for a long while had very negligible appreciation, but it was the cash flow town. So, um, so went there and I started buying property. Now I was actually able to, cause I started my music career was on an upswing as well. So I actually could get a mortgage. What a concept, a musician getting a mortgage. Yes. So, um, so I ended up buying rental properties um, and you know, a bit of, you know, although I went through this training, it was still a bit of school of hard knocks dealing with tenants and everything, but I was documenting my successes and failures. And as I was doing that, and as I was buying property, I got a call from the, one of the trainers that um, I had previously taken training from. And they asked if I wanted to become a trainer for a company that this guy was opening in Canada. I said, okay, because I would guess I was one of the few people that actually took the training and actually imply, uh, 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 sort of implemented what they were teaching. So, so anyway, long story short, I be, I've been a trainer now in the business for 20 years. I've worked for US gurus, um, my, my investing career, has gone to multiple provinces in Canada, the majority in Canada and Southwestern Ontario, but I also was flipping houses from foreclosures in Detroit at the time. And then I started working for a company um, around, well, I started buying property in the US. So after the 2008 crash, in 2010, I started buying property in Phoenix, um, and that was even two years after the crash happened, man, you mentioned real estate to an American and they're like, please do not mention that word to me. <laughs> so I was able to, I bought my first eightplex there for 24,000 a door. I mean, that's, it was just kid in a candy store kind of thing. There was so many deals to be had. So I was scraping money together just going, oh my gosh, I can't believe that, you know, all these Americans aren't taking advantage of this. And that was when Canadians became the largest buyer of real estate that surpassed Californians in, in the Phoenix area, which, you know, was crazy. But there were so many Canadians down there buying real estate. And that was when uh, the dollar was hovering around par. So it was a really good time to be doing that. So long story short, as I keep saying uh, in this long story, um, um, the uh, I started working for a company who was training Canadians how to buy property in the U.S. So I was able to uh, utilize what I'd learned in that and learned more, and was uh, taking students on uh, bus tours to Florida and to Texas and and Phoenix and Vegas, and so we were able to actually buy property. Once the tour had happened and, 
And there was some time that went by because we wanted to give the students, you know, obviously first crack at any of the deals that we'd taken them to. But if there was no movement from the students, then we were able to also start pur purchasing these properties that we'd seen and obviously interacting with the teams that had been um, uh, previously, um, you know, uh, created in these areas. So uh, I was able to piggyback on that as well and just learn more about different states and how they do, because every state, just like every province, kind of does real estate a little bit differently and there's different laws, et cetera. So was able to really learn about all that. And, but what I learned in continuing this and, and building out other teams in different cities is uh, that real estate agents, for the most part, and I know I'm painting everybody with the same brush here. Um, so, but real estate agents don't really know a lot about real estate investing. Right. And, and because I was training and I've trained probably over 20,000 people, just, you know, people off the street and teaching them how to do real estate um, mm -hmm. as a career or side hustle or what have you. But I realized that all those people and certainly the, thousands of people that are taking training with the big companies, et cetera, they all have the same issue is finding an agent who obviously they have to build a team with a mortgage broker and lawyer and other lenders, et cetera. But the real estate agent is kind of their go-to person in, in order to be able to start them off and, and provide them profitable properties that meet their criteria, et cetera. And I realized that that wasn't, it wasn't just me that was having this frustrating experience that was being put on a, uh, when I had the conversation with a, a real estate agent on either side of the border, first you go, hey, do you work with investors? And of course, every agent says, of course I do. Um, and then you go, okay, well, I'm looking in this geographical area for this type of property at around this type of price point with this kind of return on investment or cash flow. Uh, kind of amount that I'm expecting, and they go, uh-huh, and then I get put on an email drip with, and get sent properties that in no way come close to any of the criteria that I explained to them. So I realized, man, is it just me or is there a gap here uh, in this, in the knowledge that agents have? And so I think I, I, I realized that maybe there needs to be a specific training that agents can benefit from and, and have them realize that not only in working with investors is there uh, more uh, deal flow, but there's also more loyalty because, hey, if you're a realtor and you're supplying an investor with a type of a profitable property that they've asked for that meets their criteria, well, guess what? You'll get a sale and they will do more deals with you because they've had miserable experiences with every other agent that they've dealt with. So it's like, oh my gosh, I found an agent that actually gets me. And so deal comes in, purchased and sold, right? A, a sale for the agent. And then 
as real estate investors, we're always looking for good deals and looking for the next deal. And we'll transact obviously way more than your home buyer client who will transact once every five or 10 years, right? Mm -hmm. And forget you, you know, for the most part. So um, I thought not only will this be a great service to uh, like the knowledge gained in the in-agent training will be a, a, a great knowledge. It becomes a whole new lead generation tool because agents can go back and talk about building wealth with all their clients. But before I get to that, the just the thought of this is going to be a win-win because not only will investors benefit from getting properties from agents that are profitable, but the agent wins as well because they're getting multiple transactions, loyal clientele. And by the way, when investors, investors talk to each other, they belong to real estate investor groups, they're always looking for the next you know, tidbit of cool information and all that kind of stuff. And when they find a realtor that is providing them good deals and gets them, well, you know that there's going to be referrals. Well, you you brought up so many things, and I have so many questions popping up right okay. now sure. about everything. And it's it's interesting to you know visualize you with the long hair that you mentioned, right? I rocked the yeah. mullet back in the day. Let me tell you. <laughs> so that's amazing. And then turning from there, uh, a coach. Um, in the real estate industry is, uh, it's again, uh, an amazing transformation. Um, So you entered at a time where there was probably um, the first recession people must have noticed, right? 1989 up until 96. And then you also mentioned about 2008. Um, So you have been through those ups and downs uh, and that way your experience is really, really intense uh, in this industry. So I see uh, the in-agent logo behind you. Would you uh, throw some light on that? Sure. As I was mentioning, Jyoti, um, the, uh, I've had my own company. I've worked for US Gurus just ch- teaching people, you know, regular folks, mm-hmm. to become real estate investors. And the in-agent training came of what I was just talking about, that lack of uh, knowledge, that gap in knowledge that many agents have and I, I found, you know, those agents that did work with that do uh, currently work with investors, you know, they have gained that knowledge because they are investors themselves. So that's how they've actually gained the knowledge. And of course, there's the whole commercial broker thing, which is a, a different animal, if you will. Now, in the in-agent training, uh, that became. A, a thing. It's a 12-week program with action steps to build an agent's business step-by-step. Jyoti, and I know you can comment on this a bit, um, and I'll, I maybe ask, I'll, I'll ask you a question later, but um, the in-agent program and designation uh, has come through um, need Doing this training, I started doing this training in brokerages for individual agents, and I did this training uh, for a fella who was a broker owner 
of a Sutton group in Mississauga. And what ended up happening was he, he said, well, instead of doing this training for my individual agents, what if I bought a license for the whole brokerage? For the whole brokerage? Mm -hmm. And so that was intriguing. And so long story short, I did this training for the brokerage, close to 30% of the agents in the brokerage took the training. David, who's now my business partner, because mm-hmm. um, he was so enamored with the training, he wanted, he, he believed in it so much that he wanted to partner with me. But at, at the, but this, that partnership stemmed from the results that he immediately saw in the agents that took the training. They were doing more deals and 25% of those agents bought investment property even before the course was over. And then I did the training again um, for, the, uh, for other agents who went, okay, I didn't take it the first time, but I'm going to take it this time. So, uh, so and the, the, I mean, he was so enamored with the results and and the retention that he was getting and recruitment now, and obviously the, uh, the jump in revenue uh, because agents are doing more deals, right? So, uh, so this, we know the program works in that way. And, uh, and the, the result uh, has become uh, significant because we're signing on brokerages and individual agents are, are taking the training, et cetera. So, it is a, a program that we know works that is uh, that takes residential agents and it's not to get, not to make a residential agent a commercial agent it is to take them through Absolutely. i totally went on a tangent there Jyoti, so i don't even know <laughs> no. if i answered your question <laughs> well i mean it's it's kind of um because you have so much to share and so much to talk about the experience that you're having, um, it's it's really good to hear. And it's like mesmerizing the uh, your own journey that you have gone through and then you've helped other people. But my question still stays like your designation course that you are bringing up with the mm-hmm. agent um, in this point of time where everything is sort of standstill, how two questions comes to my mind. How is your course different from the rest of the other courses? And the second question that comes to my mind is that with so many economic factors affecting us now, which we had not probably anticipated um, maybe two or three years ago, or maybe Mm -hmm. just like in January, the way the market was going up, is it the right time? So your first question, how is this course different? Well, it, it trains agents, it's agent focused. So it trains agents on how to work with investors and how to provide the best service to investors and create lifetime relationships. And just from a monetary standpoint, getting more commissions, if you think about homeowners and how many times you transact with a homeowner and think about just like every business should do think about the customer lifetime value so how many commissions are you going to get from you know each homeowner client transaction as opposed to 
How many transactions will you get? How many commissions will you get from an investor who is buying, transacting more? And depending on the strategy they use, they could be transacting every three or six months if they're doing flips or what have you. So um, there's a clear um, difference in that. Uh, so just from a transaction, just from a monetary standpoint, but the, the training helps build the agent's business in the investor sector step-by-step. Step. So each of the 12 sessions, you take what you learn from this session and you implement it. And Jyoti, I think you can attest to this, that each one of those uh, specific action steps that are tasked to you um, essentially sur start surrounding you with industry professionals that deal with real estate investors. You're become way more knowledgeable about property analysis, about understanding investor data in uh, the areas that, uh, that you work in or your investors want to work in. This whole designation propels you into having these different conversations. At the end of the day, it's a lead generation tool like no other because you are able to go back to every homeowner that you've ever done business with and have wealth building conversations. But it's more than that. You can even door knock and have, instead of going, hey, Mr. Homeowner, do you want to you know, a, a property assessment to know what your property's worth, or hey, if you're ever buying or selling, think of me first. You know, everyone's pretty uh, bored with those <laughs> conversations, right? That's true. But if you if you're approaching them with a totally different conversation aspect of, hey, I help people build wealth, I help people retire earlier, and I can show you, and we have all the tools to provide you with to have intelligent, compelling conversations to everyone that you can possibly encounter to have wealth building conversations. It's a completely different way of lead generation. Now, to your, Second and question. by the way, there is an exam because we want the standard in the industry. It's very important. You're dealing with people's wealth. You're dealing with people's financial lives here. So just like in any industry, just like when you got your real estate license, you have to pass an exam because they don't want people with no knowledge going out and selling properties to people because it's there's lots of money at stake. In the same way, we want a level of experience and knowledge to then go out and be servicing uh, investors and the public in general. So, uh, so that's hopefully the answer to question one. And question two, why any time is a great time to buy real estate. Now, investors are usually, there's a couple sides of the coin here. When property prices are going up, investors are either refinancing their properties, mm -hmm. doing flips in that environment, um, or getting rid of any properties that may not be their favorites, if you will, dogs maybe, and taking that money and then maybe holding on to it for a while until the market changes. 
because when the market changes, there are opportunities. Now, in any investing, any investing guru will say, do the opposite of what the masses are doing. So if the masses are running from real estate, guess what? All of the smart investors are running to it. Make sense? Absolutely. So, so in, investors are either selling uh, or refinancing when property prices are going up while the masses are buying. And we've seen that flurry for the past few years. People just, uh, that FOMO thing, people just don't want to miss out on getting into the market, even though, you know, 200,000 over asking with no conditions, that's kind of crazy stuff. But that's the market that we were in, right? Um, but in, investors are looking for that change in the market. So people are going, mm, not going to do anything or either that or I have to sell because, you know, when people are now uh, renewing their mortgage into a higher interest rate environment, well, there's going to be some people that can't afford that bump in their mortgage payment and they may be forced to sell. So some investors will take advantage of that. And we, the other part of that uh, answer is, you know, with there's an affordability crisis, right? Back in the day, you know, it used to, a house used to be, you know, three years of earnings or whatever would buy somebody a house, right? Mm -hmm. um, but now I don't even know what the multiple is now, but it's, it's significant. So there are so many people that are already priced out of the market and will be, are, are just, uh, you know, uh, uh, assuming that they'll be renters their whole lives. But who's housing those renters? Well, investors are, right? Yep. So we've got a huge glut of the market that are just going to be renters for many years and rent and renters even for longer. And then we've got baby boomers that are cashing out and maybe have a property in a southern locale and are are and are are just renting now their the rest of their their lives. So there's many components that make people renters, but at the end of the day, investors are the ones that are housing them. So you you mentioned the word formal. Um, what I am hearing now is that word is now replacing the FOOP, which is fear of overpricing. So <laughs> I haven't heard that one. <laughs> so 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 what's happening now is every person that you're talking about is saying that I'm afraid that I'll be paying over uh, price uh, off the market at this point of time. And I think a lot of people are already experiencing it, those who bought up until February. Um, mm -hmm. But I see like since last week, there has been a slight change in the market where there are multiple offers coming in because of mm -hmm. the uh, interest rate um, change that is due to come, let's say, on uh, July 13th. July. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so you know, it's, it's an interesting time. Uh, and uh, I'm glad that this is the time that we are talking about. And you have put up a very valid point in terms of do the opposite of what everybody else is doing. And you are definitely going to be in a win-win situation over there. So 
Coming from that point, let's say I am an investor. What would you advise uh, in that scenario? Uh, what would sh- what should be my investment strategy? Well, <laughs> that's a loaded question, Jody. Because if I were your agent and you came to me and said that, mm-hmm. I would be asking you, well, what is your what is your goal? Do you do you want to be a landlord? Do you want to do a flip? Do you want to do a rent to own? Do you want to buy a multifamily property? Um, you know, what is your financial capacity? Do you have joint venture partners that you can utilize for both cash injection and mortgage qualification? What is your, do you have an existing corporate structure that we'll be working with? Uh, do you need to create one based on how you want to buy the property? Do you want to buy it into a corporation? Do you want to buy it into your own name, which I would highly not recommend? Um, uh, what is your ROI goal? What do you want to do with this first purchase? And will this be your first and only purchase? Or how do you see your career as a real estate investor now panning out? Like, what can we do? Can Do you have... Do you have money sitting in a bank account that we can utilize today? Or do we need to utilize a HELOC, a home equity line of credit in your existing property? And then how do we, how do we structure this? So if you bought a fourplex or a triplex or fourplex, then in a few years, do you, you know, we don't know what the market's going to do. We don't know if the market's going to go up. We've seen, you know, even with, you know, the biggest dip in the, certainly the GTA has been, it bottomed out in 96 and it's actually been going up continuously with a few little blips, but it's been going up higher than a normal trend line, which is typically 3.5% per year, according to CMHC. We have seen that go up and of course, in many major centers across the country. We don't know what's going to happen in five years, but my point is, will the property go up enough? Of course, we've got the mechanism of mortgage pay down, which your tenants are doing if you're going to be a buy and hold investor. And so we can utilize that, maybe refinance down the road, pull out capital out of that property, and then piggyback on that, repurpose that capital to buy the next property. So how do we want to grow your business? Yeah, I think, I, I guess it's it, a lot of it depends in terms of uh, how much a risk taker you are, right? And as a rookie investor, if I say, then it's a lot of convincing that is required to be done. Um, we can show things on paper and I really like admire from that perspective, the course has solid background um, and foundation in training the agents uh, with all these calculations and um, the background work. Uh, in terms of Uh, choosing a property and in terms of all the technical words that you had mentioned, joint venture partners, flipping it or um, hold and buy kind of scenario. uh, This is something that as a rookie investor will be coming new. Um, So really pretty much it's, it's, I think what you are training the agents is working as a consultant for these investors, right? 
so how would you suggest to pick up or choose an investment property? As an agent, you have to be able to not just, so I had this happen to me um, more than once, but I've had an agent say, I, uh, send me a property. And I've said to them, why do you think I would be interested in this property? Mm-hmm. And they said, well, there's tenants in it. And I went, but does that actually mean that the property is profitable? And I showed uh, uh, the agents how it wasn't profitable, that, that rental amounts were not uh, 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 significant enough to um, produce positive cash flow because the mortgage and the expenses on the property were higher because I was coming in as the new buyer. Now, the existing owner had positive cash flow because they bought however long ago, right? But now I'm coming in at a new price point, new down payment amount, new mortgage rate. And so when I do that calculation, I see that the property is in actually negative cash flow territory. So the ability for an agent to, because investors go through this all the time. They go through property and they do this analysis. They'll, they'll figure based on my personal financial situation, can I go to an A lender to get A lending residential mortgage rates or to acquire the property, do I have to go to a B lender, private lender, what have you? And of course they have rates and fees and different interest rates that they charge, different uh, uh, loan terms, et cetera. And, So based on that, based on the expenses uh, that exist on the property, property taxes, insurance, maintenance, vacancy reserves, et cetera, based on the rental amount that is prevalent in the market in that area, not just Canada wide or whatever, but I mean, in that particular area, it enables the agent to actually make accurate assumptions as to whether the property will be profitable or not. Make sense? Yes, absolutely. And in terms of, um, I mean, this is again, um, a lot of work required. So that puts an agent uh, at a very strong position. Right, and here's my rebuttal on the lot of work. So at the end of the day, an agent wants to make sales. Mm -hmm. So, Do you spend your day running around with buyers and looking at houses, getting outbid, uh, going to listing appointments, et cetera, for a homeowner, which takes, we all know, that takes quite a bit of time, time. or finding properties, doing some quick analysis, and it's not as laborious as I, I think we're conveying here, once you get onto it, it's not that laborious or time consuming. And then, and creating an investor network that you are supplying properties to, because it's, like I said, investors will be going, I want a property. I will buy a property from you if you simply supply me a property with this criteria. And so if you spent the time doing that, guess what? It's a sale every single time. So you're actually putting in your time, less time probably than courting 
listing appointments and trekking around buyers, et cetera. Also, as you're building out your investor network, here's the cool thing is off-market deals. Because as you learn and integrate into the investor world, you will realize that most of the properties that get transacted, they're not even on the MLS, right? And as you get to know, and as you grow your network, you know that Mary is looking for a triplex and, and but Bob owns a triplex that you know, and Bob wants to buy a 10plex, but he's got to sell the triplex to be able to buy that. And so he's got to sell that. And so you can do sell that thing, the, the triplex to Mary and sell the 10plex to Bob. And now you've just done two transactions off market in your own network. So you just get to know the targets, if you will, that people want to hit and you just go, okay, so you want to sell that and you want to sell that and you need to sell this over here or buy this over here and you need to buy this. And so you can be just putting the puzzle pieces together. Sort of matchmakers. A matchmaker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, it, I mean, it's, it does sound laborious, but at the same time, it, it does sound pretty interesting. So, you know, it's uh, while talking to you, I'm already pumped up. Um, right. And, you know, it's, it's like straight away after finishing this, I want to go look into things and, you know, how to go about it. So I, I'm sure the audience will definitely get benefited with that. Um, uh, the other question that I want to ask following up the investment, profitable investment property is how long does it get to, let's say, start uh, getting a return of it? Well, it's going to depend on the strategy. So, I mean, if you're flipping a property and it takes you three to six months to, from purchase through renovation to sale, then you're realizing that profit in six months, mm-hmm. right? Or whatever the timeline is. Um, if it's a more long-term hold strategy, you've got cash flow. You've got mortgage. The mortgage is being paid down by the tenants, so that's continuing to add to your profit center. Buying a property under market value, and yes, this can happen in any market environment. So you can build in a profit up front based on everybody's key negotiation skills, which you'll also pick up in the, in the training, uh, some cool uh, negotiate, negotiating skills. Um, then you've got market appreciation. I mean, that adage, don't wait to buy real estate, buy real estate and wait is uh, an adage for a reason because it, it, it works. Re- buying real estate and holding it has, all, investors have always seen profitability and value gain over time. So that's another thing that is working for you. Um, Simply being able to leverage to go to a bank and they give you 80% of the money. So think of this, I'll just give a a brief explanation. If you've got a property that's $500,000 or let's let's talk a million dollars. We've got a property, million dollars. How much is 20% of that? Well, it's 200,000, right? If that property, and we've seen this many times over, if that million dollar property goes to 1.2 million over a year or two years, what have you done? That, what has happened here? 
that 200,000 that you have put in as the investment amount, well, you've just doubled your money. Does that make sense? And mm-hmm. I mean, that $200,000 growth over a year or two or three or five, I mean, that has, we've seen that over and over again. In fact, we've seen $200,000 growth happen in, you know, months in some cases, right? But I know we're in a different environment now. But the point is, there are multiple profit centers in real estate. And I wanted to actually address something that you said earlier, if I may, Jyoti. You talked about risk. Now, as real estate investors, I love to lovingly bash the stock market. And so the stock market right now, we could probably agree that it's pretty volatile, right? And so those people that have the set it and forget it, mutual funds, et cetera, well, they're on kind of a, a ride a right now. Ride. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So is, is that risky? Absolutely. Well, I guess that's anybody's opinion. Also, if someone has a bond and they're getting 1%, maybe 2%, and inflation is how much right now? What's the inflation right now? Seven? 7.7, 7, I guess. Right. So they're making 2%, but losing 7%. So their, their, their net loss is 5%. I'm thinking that is probably risky. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, um, so if you look at real estate investing versus a stock market investment, a stock market investment has one profit center Generally speaking, yes, there's dividends in some, but generally it's a buy low, sell high type of investment, right? In real estate, we have buying, uh, we have what we call instant equity, which is buying a bit below market value. So building in a component of the profit there. We have cash flow. We've got forced appreciation. So anyone has the ability to create, beautify a property, to increase the value, to um, put in a a secondary suite, to create more density and obviously more revenue, Uh, change zoning, uh, which creates more density, which creates more value. You know, there's, there's so many things that one can do to a property to force that appreciation amount, right? Um, Then we have natural appreciation, that's just market appreciation, but there's also, uh, and there's mortgage pay down. So you're, you know, as a homeowner, we've got a, you know, with every mortgage payment, there's an interest portion and a principal portion. And obviously the interest is the money that we pay for renting the bank's money or the lender's money. But the principal portion gets paid down incrementally over time, thus building uh, increasing the ownership of that the of the owner, but as homeowners, we're on the hook for that mortgage every single month. The beauty of owning real estate with tenants in it is that the tenants, through their rental payment, are paying that mortgage payment for you, if you will. Thus, incrementally helping the owner increase their ownership every single month. So that's another component. So what's that, five five at this point? Plus, 
we can, there's tax advantages to owning real estate. There is the leverage aspect, which is not necessarily a profit center, but hey, if you bought $500,000 worth of stock, it'd cost you $500,000. If you bought a $500,000 house, it would cost you $100,000. So, I mean, there's, so your ability to uh, utilize smaller amounts of money to benefit from 100% of the asset, if you will, is, is open to everybody. So there's numerous profit centers in real estate as opposed to a stock market investment. So just explaining that to somebody can be intriguing enough to have them become a client, you know? So, yeah. That's right. Um, and I do remember these profit centers. Um, so just so everybody knows, I myself am taking the in-agent course right now. And I'm really finding it interesting and pretty helpful. Um, we'll come to that at a later stage. I guess you have some question to ask me as well. Uh, in terms of uh, the um, in investing in and and you did say that it depends on what kind of strategy you are opting for uh, mm -hmm. the return can be at a varied intervals um so you i uh, in the beginning you had mentioned that you had um taken a, or gathered fifteen thousand dollars to invest at that point of time um, is there any possibility for people who don't have, or what is the minimum investment that is required, let's say, to become or to start investing? I mean, that is, a, it depends on the price point of the property, really. Um, mm -hmm. So, I mean, there are centers, like I lived in Toronto for a long time, and I never bought an investment property there, simply because not that there weren't good deals, but I couldn't afford them. So that's why I went to Hamilton. I went to London. I went to St. Catharines. I went to Kitchener-Waterloo for, um, and even went to Chatham to buy lower cost properties, but they had a very similar return on investment. They had a similar cash flow component, right? So, um, so I had to instill, I uh, had to utilize property management, of course. But that was, um, that was just all part and parcel of buying out of town, which I was fine with. It, and all that expense helped me profit from these properties that ultimately had the mortgage paid down and I was getting cash flow and they went up in value. So, um, so all of these things work over time. So in terms of getting in, well, uh, like I said, anyone that is a homeowner today that has owned their home for five years, obviously depending on where they are, but certainly most cities in Canada have seen a, an appreciation run up. So there is equity there. So if they're like, I only have like 20 or 25,000 or $30,000 in my bank account that I could invest with, any agent could go, well, I bet you've got money in your property that you could borrow against and add to that 20 or 30,000. And we could, now we can look at what chunk of money that you have and where in the kind of, in the radius of where that realtor does, um, does work uh, that, you know, works that geographical area, where does that, 
uh, where does that money, where will that make sense in terms of a purchase? Now, the in-agent designation also helps those graduates be able to co-broke deals in other areas with other in-agent graduates. Mm -hmm. And how comforting is it to know that you will co-broker a deal somewhere else, but have your client in really good hands and be confident enough that that person that you've just handed that client over to has the in-agent designation just like you do. So, um, uh, Gord, would you be able to tell us how do they uh, apply for this? Is there any qualification criteria that is uh, required? No qualification criteria. Uh, I, wait, I want to. Can you be more specific? I, 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 in agent course, the designation okay, that okay. you're talking all right, about. All right, because all right. qualification can be mortgage qualification. So, um, no, there's no. I mean, you just have to obviously be an agent with your license. And uh, that's really all that you need is, uh, and, and it doesn't matter, you know, I've dealt with real estate veterans who don't know this stuff because they've only dealt with home buyers, right? It, you, you can be a rookie, it could be your first year in the business. In fact, good on you if it's your first year in the business. Wow, what a powerful agent you will become because everything that you learn in here Yes, it helps you, uh, it clearly helps you fully integrate into an inv the investor vertical. But how much better are you working with home buyers when they say, hey, can you tell me what the financing would be on this? And instead of having that deer in the headlights look going, oh, here's my mortgage broker's number, you can actually have intelligent conversations about every aspect now of a homeowner deal. That's Make sense? Yep. Yeah. Um, and how do they uh, connect or how do they, um, where do they look for if they are looking to, uh, let's say, get this designation? Sure. Um, anyone can go to inagent.com and there's, you can, there's a, a page there that you can click on and sign up for the training. So there's an online version that Jyoti is taking at the moment, and it's just learn at your own pace. Um, there's a little quiz after each uh, session that you need to, uh, to, to take. It's, if, as long as you pay attention, it's okay. It's pretty easy. Um, and uh, there's ultimately an exam at the end, but it's a learn at your own pace. And, uh, and the action steps, which are suggested, no one can police that or tell you that you must do them, but these are absolutely there and there's downloadable tools, et cetera, that you can utilize at every stage of this training and integrate this forever into your real estate investment uh, business. So yeah, go to inagent.com, you can sign up, there's a payment gateway there, all that stuff, and then you'll be given access to the training right away. Um, so Gord, before we go, I wanted to also request you to give some pointers to our audience. Um, sure. Again, both ways. Uh, as uh, general people in terms of who are not agents, and people who are agents to our agents. Pointers. Well, I mean, I, I would be remiss to not say that learning more about 
the mechanism, like the investment side, the language of investment will never steer you wrong because you'll be able to create a career working with investors, create new leads from old leads, right? So your whole book of business, you can go back and have wealth building conversations with these people. And then, you know, anyone out there who owns a home is fair game for you because again, we supply you with, you know, different charts and little and calculators and things like that, that you can have at the ready to have a conversation and go, okay, how much equity do you have? How much, what's your property worth, blah, blah, blah. And here's how you can get started. I can show you right here in minutes how that Joe homeowner can get started buying their first uh, investment property. From a, the public standpoint, obviously working with someone with their in-agent designation means that you are in good hands. That, that, and, and regardless of if the public, that person knows very little about real estate investing or they're seasoned real estate investors, you'll be able to, uh, the agent will be able to have intelligent conversations on any experienced level of person and the public, which is, you know, obviously we care about realtors learning this stuff, but we also care about the public having amazing uh, experiences with realtors, right? Having that, uh, the, the, the consultations, those, those discussions about how am I going to retire earlier? How am I going to have a, 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 an amazing pension, if you will, um, how am I going to go on more vacations or buy that dream sports car, put my kids through college? Any of these things can happen through the amazing power of real estate investing. Well, thank you so much. And folks, we are talking about real estate investment because time and again, we have seen a lot of people who have actually built their wealth using real estate investment or through real estate investment. So definitely check this out. Uh, Gord has a wealth of knowledge and the program is really amazing. Uh, like I said, I myself am right now uh, benefiting from it. Uh, thank you so much, Gord, for creating this platform and for coming on podcast today with me. It has been my pleasure, Jyoti. Absolutely. All right. Um, so until then, um, do uh, subscribe to the channel where we bring more people who are into the real estate and share their experiences and their knowledge with you. Thank you so much.